Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. I've got one that can see. You are now listening to the Eyes Wide Open Podcast. Stay awake, don't sleep. How have you been, man? I, you know, um, I know you don't know who I am, but I, I know who you are. I've been listening to you for a long time when you were doing the God's Property Radio. Wow, that's, that's, that's some time, man. Yeah, had some time when you were living in, I guess you were living in some camp up there somewhere. Yeah, I've been, I think 20, 2017 was when I left the campground. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I forget about, I forget about that part of my life often. I mean, as far as that, like, wow, people listen to my podcast. <laughs> right. All right, we'll, we'll go ahead and get started. I'm just gonna, you, you know, uh, I want you to be able to promote what you got going on right now too, and uh, I'm just gonna have a discussion just about, you know, what's going on with you. So, uh, just give me about five seconds, and we'll start. Sure, sure. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Eyes Wide Open. I'm your host, Leonard Olivares, and today we have a special guest on today. His name is Sam Swanson. He had a podcast called God's Property Radio. He's also a musician. So, Sam, thank you for coming on the show. How have you been? I'm good, Leonard. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, so you have a pretty unique story from what I, I know you of. You know, I was listening to you way back when you were doing God's Property Radio and the whole Hoven deal that was going on. But I learned a lot of stuff from your your podcast. You know, at the time when I had gotten saved, I've been, I was looking for, you know, I guess people call it now like fringier type of things. But in reality, it's just being open to what's really happening around you. I don't know why it's called fringe when it's just the reality. I guess, I guess, you know, what the churches usually teaches, I guess, is something that's watered down. But, you know, bumping into your podcast and hearing your guys' testimonies and, and also hearing your interviews that you've done was very eye opening to, to what's going on in the world. So how have you been as far as with that going on? Are you still doing any podcasts? Well, uh, I'm not currently. I mean, well, technically, I've been kind of helping out on Fire Theft Radio a little bit with Chuck and, and Mav. Um, I've just been helping them get guests and kind of popping in here and there with some questions. But, um, yeah, I, to back it up though, one, I'm very, like, humbled that you would say that about God's Property Radio because I don't feel like we did that much like compared to like a lot of the other podcasts and, and um, we were just kind of, kind of led, you know, it was, it was something that we just felt compelled to do. And it was at a time when like feature quake had kind of just disbanded and Canary had been around for about a year. And we just felt very, very, um, I don't know, I guess God, God led, you know, to, to get some like a, a plethora of topics, like a variety. Right. And so we would, interview 
a lot of different guests on a lot of different topics in the what you call quote unquote fringe community of, of Christianity. And now I think the reason why they call it fringe is really just because we live in Wonderland, you know what I'm saying? It's every you know, up is down, uh right is left, you know. So it really is just truth, you know, it, the the facts of the matter, you know, and when when you live in a world where you can't call truth truth, you know, <laughs> um, that's why we have to use terms like fringe because oh no, like heaven heaven forbid we we actually know what's going on in our world and and view it this way and, and call a spade a spade, you know. Right. So how you know knowing all this information, how has this affected your life as as when you started doing podcasts and all that and finding out all this information and digging deeper, uh, has that affected your life in any way? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's impacted the entire way that I look at the world, you know, uh, I look at through a different lens. Um, however, I would say this to the people that are listening and, and you, obviously, if you've been listening for a while, then you've been, you know, awake to a lot of these things for a while. And I would say that, you know, when you first kind of go down that, down that road, you, you get all stoked and kind of crazy about it, right? Like, you know, to a degree, you're kind of rebuilding your whole paradigm of, of the world that you know. And there's a, there's a time where it kind of wears off and it just kind of becomes background, I guess, for, for building your future, you know? And I would say that I'm at a point where a lot of it is just a lot of it's true. Like a lot of the stuff is true. And then some of the stuff you got to be careful uh, with. But I would say that largely, like even the friends that I have that are, that see the world this way, it's just kind of, we don't, we don't obsess about it too much, you know? Um, it's just kind of the way, the way it is, if that makes any sense, if I'm not sounding too redundant. No, no. Well, how, how does that affect your relationships with the so-called normies, what they call them, those that are not, uh, you know, that are not knowledgeable of this information. That's funny. Um, almost everybody I know is a normie, you know, <laughs> and, um, I love my normie friends. Um, but I, I have a different calling, I think, um, than most people. And I also have this sense of urgency that I've, that has really come into effect this year more than more than in the past. I mean, I've had an urgency to do certain things. Like I'm a, I'm a doer. I, I, when I have an idea, um, I, I feel compelled to go forward and make it happen, you know? So I'm, I'm a very driven individual, um, as, uh, as a regular kind of standard protocol of, of being. But, um, I would say that it affects everything, um, in regard to, um, I, I don't know, man. I, I guess I'm, I'm even more less apt, sorry, I'm, I'm less apt to care about anything to do with streaming, television, entertainment, etc. Um, I feel that it is very much a distraction and I, and, it, and I know that's very kind of obtuse of me to say that. Um, I, I do get value out of art and creation and I am an artist. Um, so every now and then, you know, uh, when, when I feel it's time, but right now in my life, the last year, especially 
I've just been feeling like God's been tearing away all these things from me. You know, just I've lost the 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 taste, if you will. It's like uh, having COVID literally made me lose my taste, but also like I've lost that those nuances for a lot of things. I don't, I don't, I just don't care about that stuff. If that makes sense. No, no, it makes total sense, man. You know, uh, I think even for me in my life, there's a lot of things that I, I held that were important and they were important. But, uh, for me, I'm in a, at a time in my life where God has shown me balance with my family. So, you know, because a lot of times I'm the type of person that can go 100% towards something and then the other part of my life is lacking. So this is like a, a time, you know, it really happened during COVID when everything shut down. God was showing me a time of balance within my life that I needed to grab, you know, and in order to be able to do and, and to do the will of God completely as I should do it instead of, you know, uh, something else having to, you know, uh, give up in my life. And, and I actually, it, it causes issues in your life. So, you know, uh, God has been showing me things within my life. So I, you know, I, I grew up in Long Beach, California in Los Angeles and recently moved to Arizona in 2020. And, uh, the Lord put in my heart to move. And it, it was a, it was a pretty hard transition for all my kids. I got 11 kids. I got a lot of adult children. They all followed me out here. But it was a time where God, like, you know, he kind of like uh, slowed me down. You know, I have a company called Death Wages. And uh, what I do is I go out to all the skate parks, passing out shirts, preaching the gospel. When I pass out the shirts, you know, I, I hand something to the kids. And when they see the shirt and the stickers and all that, you know, they're more, you know, you know, they'll listen to what I have to say versus me coming with the Bible. I'm talking about let me talk to you about Christ. So, it, you know, I usually catch them with their guard down and I'm able to share the gospel with these children. But, and I also been doing podcasts, you know, I'm on the Fringe Radio Network, been doing a co, I've been co-hosting with, I don't know if you know who he is, it's Johnny Iron. Yeah, I know Johnny. I mean, I, I've never talked to him personally, but I remember when he was on Canary Cry back in the day listening to his interview and I know that he podcasts and has his own network. So yeah, I know, I know of Johnny. Yeah. So I was doing, uh, you know, a podcast with him and another, uh, gentleman called Matthew Miller doing some of his shows on with him. So, you know, but the Lord has been, Showing me that the most important thing right now is relationships with people that are around you, you know, building those relationships, uh, showing the love of God, showing the love of Christ around those people. And once you can have that balance of relationship around you, then it makes you a better person to go out and preach the gospel. I mean, that's what I'm finding out. And yeah, I think, I think community is key and, um, it's hard. I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to build community i think um especially seeing the the world this way and um depending upon your you know if you're a more extroverted individual that that like craves talking to people you know i'm i'm kind of a homebody and i i'm i'm very introverted and i i get energy from just kind of being alone a lot of times you know so um but that is community is key and i i think that I mean, you just never know when, when the opportunity is going to kind of present itself where, I mean, I, I play music for a living, um, as a cover artist, I go play wineries and breweries and private parties, weddings, whatever. Like that's, that's my main, my main gig is, I think I've done about 175 gigs this year so far. And, um, and it's a, it's a fun life, you know, but a lot of times I'm playing to, to drunk people, you know, 
and I automatically am not on the same page, you know, um, cause I'm stark sober, you know, <laughs> at these shows. Not that I have anything against drinking. I think that everything in moderation, although I will say, uh, alcohol is a neurotoxin, so we should be careful with that. Um, but I guess like I've had instances where people have come up to me at gigs and the, it's something as simple as just being there for someone and like hearing them out. Um, or I've had times where people have actually asked me like my belief or whatever. And, and I've gotten to kind of share that, but it's not something that I, I attack like head on. I don't spearhead it at, with, you know, what I do. It's like when you go to work, you know, um, you probably don't just go spread the, the gospel to everybody there. You know what I mean? Um, you just got to live it, you know, and that's kind of where I'm at is doing the best job that I possibly can in everything that I do and being an example of Christ that way. So we have different hats that we wear, you know, I mean, you got, you said you have 11 kids and congrats on that, by the way, that's, that's amazing. Um, I have, I have two myself and, you know, you have to be a different person in different instances and wear different hats. And sometimes you got to be dad. Sometimes you got to be husband. Sometimes you got to be a uh, work guy. Sometimes it just depends on what you're doing. And, and all those places are unique opportunities to, you know, reflect Christ on people, you know? Right. You know, I've noticed that, you know, because uh, I'm a trainer at my job, I, I deliver uh, fuel to all like the gas stations and diesel stations and uh, drive a tanker. And so I'm a trainer and I, you know, I'm, I'm training, you know, different people, but I noticed, see, I'm the type of person that I can only have small talk for so long because, um, I only really, I, I can only really talk about what I know, you know, and so when it comes to sports, I don't know sports when it comes Same. to, you know, so I, I, but I can, you know, I can get around it a little bit, but if we're in a truck for 12 hours a day, you know, there's only so much I can just, you know, talk sure. about and, uh, it always ends up coming out, you know, of what's in my heart. And I can't help it because that's what's in my heart. You mean, that's mm -hmm. what I talk about. Usually I'm a homebody too. You know, I, I like being by myself. You know, I enjoy being by myself. Uh, I, you know, I'm the only son. I have two sisters and I've always was in the type to always be in my room by myself. You know, Same. I'm <laughs> comfortable with that. You know, it, I, it's actually hard for me to be around crowds of people and try to, I see other people mingling just like whatever, you know, and it's hard for me to do that. I have to really put an effort to do that, you know. Absolutely. And, right. I I relate 100% to everything that you just said. <laughs> that is, sounds like we're kind of cut from the same fabric that way. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. So, and I know nothing about, nothing about sports at all. So. <laughs> right. And I mean, and prior to that, you know, my life, even my, so the people that I meet today, Prior to that, what my life was, I was into gangs, you know, since I was 12 years old, in and out of jail until I was about 27 and I gave my life to the Lord. So Dang. all I know prior to that, so prior to the life of Christ, all I know is just like gangbanging, you know what I mean, and drug selling and, you know, and all that criminal type of lifestyle. So most of the people that I talked to, they, they didn't come from those type of extremes, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like one from one extreme to the other. So you got from the complete darkness all the way to going to the light, you know? So yeah, it's strange. And I, and I had to have a balance when I'm talking to him. I had to actually think about what I'm saying before I just blurt anything out. 
Yeah, you know, it's also interesting. I think something that I'm trying to work on right now is just being a, a, a really good listener. And um, sometimes you don't have to say a lot. That's the other thing. It's like you can just let people talk and be a listener. And uh, there's different kinds of thinking. And I was, I don't know, I listen, I'm a podcast junkie. I listen to a lot of different podcasts. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of survival podcasts and, and things. Um, but I also am listening to this one that's based on listening. And there's this lady telling a story. Uh, she was talking about her, her son came home from school and he said, Mom, I'm so excited. I learned today that half of eight is three. And she's like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? She's like, He's like, yeah, half of eight is three. And so she immediately grabs a piece of paper and she does the math. You know, she's like, here, can you, you solve this, buddy? You know, um, and he's like, you know, the half of eight is four, obviously, like the way that she she did the division. And he's like, no, but half of eight is three. And he he goes, he takes the piece of paper and he draws a big old eight on the back of the paper. And then he folds the paper in half so that you can see that it's three, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, and it's like, we don't, a lot of times we kind of think we understand what people are saying and we don't know how they're thinking and how they're perceiving things. And if we listen deep, we might get a lot more out of our conversations. And that's, that's kind of like my path right now is to really focus in on that, you know? Right, right. Yeah, you know, I, that's what I do. I, you know, I, I, when I'm training, I listen to, you know, to what they're saying because I don't really know, you know, what they're about. And, you know, so I just, I tell them, you know, you can play whatever music you want, whatever, you know, float your boat. You know what I'm saying? I'm not too fond of country, but if you want to bump country, go ahead and knock yourself out. You know I mean, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can bump classical, whatever, you know, but, you know, go ahead. So, um, I try to be really chill because they're driving a tanker and I don't want them being nervous and because my life is in their hands. So I want them as comfortable as they can be. So I, I listen to their conversations and all that. And I'm just really listening. And I'm not so much looking for an opportunity to share anything. Those opportunities just happen. You mean God just happens to uh open up those opportunities. And I have to be careful because of all the stuff that I know not to start talking about those things. Because a lot of those things that we know, you know, are kind of heavy, you know, and, 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 you know, you just blurting it out to somebody, you know, it's, it becomes confusing to them, kind of crazy talk. So I, I try to, uh, walk, you know, uh, carefully and, and think about what I'm about to say when I'm saying it, you know, not just can't talk to them. Like if I'm talking to a friend that I've known for a long time. Yeah. I think if, if you're coming with love and acceptance, and I don't mean that in the sense of, of, you know, uh, enabling people to to hurt themselves or hurt others you know i mean i'm not talking about that kind of acceptance but i'm talking about just generally accepting where somebody is at in the moment of where they're at like that that allows people to grow and trust you you know and um i think that there's a time for you know i mean if you love if you you're coming with love sometimes there's there's a moment for tough love too like where you have to kind of be like hey i think you're you're hurting yourself or you know you this is maybe not a good idea and a good way to do that though i think is just ask questions you know do you, do you have a plan for that do you have you thought about um a way to get around that or you know what i mean like when you when you ask the questions you're a better listener you know 
That's right. So, so what are, what are your thoughts since, uh, 2020, since COVID hit? What is your, your outlook on society in a whole and where we're going? Wow. Okay. Well, let's get into that. Um, <laughs> I would say this. I kind of came into my awakening back in 2012 and then I immediately had to go down the rabbit hole, started a podcast, did the whole thing. I left my career and, um, I actually had a, a divorce, uh, with my, my ex-wife and, um, that was like a very hard time from 2016, I think, to like 2018 was when all that was going on. And then during that period, I became a full-time musician and I, I don't know, I, I kind of lost, um, I kind of lost the pulse, I guess, of all the, the fringy truther stuff. I stopped listening to even like my homies at Canary Cry, you know, um, I just stopped listening to, to those kinds of things because I was so focused on healing and growing and not, ru- not rushing either. Like just, but I had, I had big goals to, I had, I had to think fast, you know what I'm saying? To provide for two kids as a single dad, you know? And, uh, so I really put, I would say that I over, overly focused maybe on that and kind of got caught up in putting importance on what I was achieving more than keeping a pulse on the world and maybe Maybe even my faith, right? Like maybe my, there were, there were times during that, that process of going through the divorce that I kind of, um, I was angry at God, you know, in some ways, you know, and I, there were times when I like scream at God, you know, (laughs) so, but God, God held me through it, you know, and that part of the process, I think when 2020 hit, so 2019 was a really interesting time. Um, I had been in a cover band or just released a cover album on vinyl and CD. I was, it was my busiest year uh, as, a, as a musician. It was a very successful year. And I decided to make a record um, with a, a project that I actually had started with Gans Shimura at Canary Cry and Face Like the Sun. Um, he was no longer in the project, but I had written a ton of songs back when I was podcasting. And then I started writing a lot of new songs. And... I decided summer of 2019 that, you know, it's time to make this record. And the album is called Escape Babylon. And I put a lot of what I learned in those songs. And then a lot of what I experienced too, like with my, with my family life and, and my career change and just, you know, having to grow with that, that, that's all there too. But I was really attacking. I spent a lot of money on that record. I had it mixed by James Paul Wisner, who did Paramore and Dashboard Confessional and um, Under Oath and all those kinds of bands. And then I had it mastered by Holly Weinberg, who did uh, Nirvana's Nevermind and Smashing Pumpkins and Faith No More and all the kinds of bands that I grew up listening to. And so, yeah, it was a big, big old bill that I had incurred and wrote off on my business and then COVID happened right when I was wrapping up the record and I thought it was like such a weird time for that to happen. Like had I, had I not started when I started making the record, 
I don't think I could have made the record, you know? And, um, it also gave me all this downtime because I had had this idea to do a mixtape. So I ended up recording like 30 some songs on a mixtape as well that still has yet to see the light of day. Um, so I put, it's kind of like the soundtrack to the, to, to the pandemic for me, uh, all this music. And so I think number one, what I'll say is, is that I thought my initial thought the day that they were about to lock things down was they, well, they, well, they essentially were going to lock. They said that they were going to, they announced that they were going to cancel school in New York state where I'm at. And also previous to that, I, I don't vaccinate my kids and, and, um, they've never had a single shot in their life. And, um, we had always used the religious exemption in New York state. And in that same year in 2019, I got a letter that summer when I started making my record from the state saying that they had pulled our religious exemption from all, all people in New York state, which is super awesome. So we had taken on homeschool. Um, and that kind of helped with our relationship and our co-parenting a lot too, I would say. It was a blessing in disguise, you know? Um, but when COVID hit, number one, we didn't skip a beat because our kids weren't in the school system. And we were kind of scrounging like when that happened and it ended up being a huge blessing, you know? Um, but to fast forward and, and, and answer what you're saying, my initial thought was that when they said they were going to cancel school, I'm like, well, they can't, they can't, um, just cancel school. If they cancel school, that's like the babysitter for everybody, you know? So they're going to lock everything down, even though they haven't said it. And so I knew that that was on, on the horizon. And I remember getting on the phone that day with Leonard Ulrich, uh, one of my friends who's a researcher from Canada that used to interview a lot on my old podcast and has made a, a bunch of documentary films on these topics. Um, and we had a really good heart to heart and we both thought toward, we both thought the same thing was, which was, this is so genius. You know, this is, I didn't see it going down like this all these years, even though I hadn't been listening or keeping my finger on the pulse. I knew one thing was certain is that we are heading toward an economic collapse and we're obviously going to be heading into a one world currency at some point because we know that the Bible's true. And so I guess I, um, I, to me, when all this went down, it was, I was just kind of thrown right back into it, I guess. I had had a break for a few years from everything, from podcasting, and then I started keeping my finger on the pulse again. And, um, I don't know, I, I guess we're not, you know, we're not going back to normal. You know, there, the, there's, we're, there's a, there's a, a lot of agendas that are being carried out. And we know the 2030 agenda, um, the transhumanism agenda, and, I, I look around me right now and I see people thinking we're back to normal, you know? And uh, to quote what you said, like the normies, you know? And 
I watch people at my gigs, and I watch them partying, having a good time. I don't think there's anything wrong with hanging out with your friends, having a good time. But my mindset is I'm sort of in survival mode right now, if that makes sense. And I think the wisest thing we can do is get right with God, number one, is be in tune with him. Um, some things that I've gone through this year, um, I was in a relationship and it, it didn't work out. I had to, I, I don't think it would have worked out in the end, but, um, even if I would have kept it going, I probably could have kept it going for a little longer. Uh, but I think it, I think it just would have fizzled out because of where the woman was at and, I definitely am not trying to speak badly for anything, but I would say that the relationship was very much me putting in everything that I could. Uh, for the most part, I'm not saying I was perfect, but she was half in, if that makes any sense. And I've been in, I've been flat out rejected before. I've, I've, I've gone through a lot, but that feeling of having someone on the fence, not hot nor cold, just it brought me back to, you know, the, the letter to Laodicea, right? And it made me think about what am I doing? Am I am I lukewarm? Because this this feels horrible, and I'm not saying God has the same exact. I'm not trying to superimpose my emotions as God's emotions, or like that God even is an emotional being, right? Like. But I, it made me really question, number one, what am I doing in this situation? I can't, I can't be in something where somebody is like half in, half out. And it immediately made me end it, and it made me reflect on my walk and look in the mirror and go, God, am I, am I lukewarm for you? And I think that that is right now the most pertinent thing in my life is to not be lukewarm. And I would say that to all my brothers and sisters listening right now is that how can you how can you be all in on God? Amen. Amen. Well you know I asked that question because <clears throat> you know my relationships with people prior to twenty twenty, prior to the pandemic were very different. I've noticed that my relationships with people after 2020, after the pandemic, they have changed. Now, it's not to say that I have changed, is that they have changed because of the lockdowns, because of all the stress that they were, the fear that was going on with people. There was a lot of things, even within my own family and friends, that I thought people were solid 100% just with fear com completely just folded. And it was a weird time in my life being able to see this and having to deal with relationships with people, even people I didn't know, even the, my relationships with people I don't know, I could tell they were different because those people were different. So, you know, a mm -hmm. lot of the times there was that fear factor. There was that thing looming of, of sickness or is this real or what's going on? And, and people feeling like it's the end of the world. I don't even believe in God. You mean? And, uh, so that's why I asked that question is because relationships have changed with believers and non-believers, you know, because of this. And um, even within myself, I say that myself, that I've, 
my like me, I've changed a little bit as far as uh having to cope with close relationships changing, you know, having to deal with people with their way of thinking changing. And, uh, you know, it was hard at times because these are people that you love very much, you know, and you want them to see the truth and they were seeing the truth. But it seems like it's easy to know the truth when everything is comfortable. But when mm-hmm. there is pressure, you know, when there is chaos, things change, you know, and uh, and that's what I mean. Even with the relationships I have now with people that I'm working with, I can tell even though, like you said, they, they want to believe that things are going back to normal. But there's inside there's an underlining thing that they know that something's wrong with the world. But they are trying to, uh, you know, put put themselves within whether it be sports or whether it be women or partying. You know, to tr- to drown that out. But I noticed that when I sitting there for 12 hours a day talking to the people, all those layers begin to fall off. And I'm, I begin to see the true part of their heart. You mean? And yeah. uh, it's a trip, man. You know, it's a trip. That's why I asked that question, you know, because I know that relationships, even with people, you know, in their hearts, people's hearts have changed since this pandemic, you know, and it's mm-hmm. very strange. It was a very strange thing for me to see. Yeah, did you? You said you moved to Arizona, and was that 2020 that you said that? Yeah, I moved in September of 2020. So you felt an urgency to get yeah, out. Yeah, I felt. I don't know why. You know, so I, I, you got to understand. I was always the type to be like, man, I'm never leaving Long Beach. I'm gonna live and die and be here. I was born in Long Beach Memorial. I'm never gonna leave the city of Long Beach. This is my city. I'm never leaving. You know, yeah. I had a lot of friends, all my family, and I just felt the Lord put it in my heart that it was time to go. And so even my friends that are non-believers that I still have that were from my neighborhood, I still keep in contact and talk to them. And, and I, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm leaving, man. God's telling me to go. And lo- even them, they were like, hey, man, you're the only homie that tells us about God. Who else is going to tell us about God? You mean? And so I was like, well, the Lord's put it in my heart to go. I- now, I always tell people, like I was telling my mom and dad, I don't know why God is telling me to go. God doesn't say, he doesn't give me the whole plan. Yes. He just says go. And he doesn't even tell me where to go. All I know in my heart that I felt was to go. And so I told my wife and, you know, and, and, um, I'm like, I feel like we need to leave. So I'm talking to my job and they have openings in Texas. They can move me out there. So I'm like, well, maybe we should go to Texas, right? By Dallas. So I had an uncle that lived in, uh, Arizona and I went to go visit him. And then as I was out there, we were looking at houses out there and I said, you know, it's hot out here, but you know, I don't, it seems like it's not that far away from my mom and dad. You know, it's only six hours away from LA. So let's start looking out here. So as we beginning to look out here, God put a certain city in my heart and, uh, you know, I just felt that tugging towards that city, right? So we were looking in homes over mm-hmm. there, and it's just a miracle how I even moved out here. I mean, in itself, yeah. you know, it's a because I told God, God, if you because moving from another state and buying a house in another state, it's hard if you're not working in that state, and it's hard if you're not like a complete business owner and you you know you got businesses going on, and you know my main income was in California. So mm-hmm. it, it was hard, you know, and I still put a big chunk down on the house, but it was still hard to, to go through the lending process for the remainder bit of the, of the home. So mm-hmm. it, it was like, Lord, it's, uh, it's up to you. You got to make this happen. And at that time, people were bidding homes, 50,000, 60,000 over asking price, right? And I'm just going in and just giving them their asking price. So at the time, there was like 30, 20, 
40 different offers in one home. It was crazy, man. It was crazy. Right? That, that's crazy. You're right. And that was, that was my, um, my parents also felt led to do that about a year and a half ago as well. And, um, they found a spot, got some, some acreage in, in the Ozarks. And, um, that is, you know, what you're saying about not knowing, right? You just know that there's something, something you should be doing. And it's like, what does God really want of us? He wants us to be obedient. You know, he's not going to give us every plan. He's going to, that's faith. That's faith, right? Like we walk, it's a very narrow path, right? Straight and narrow path. Like you're not going to get it by, by, uh, on a wide, wide highway. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 you're going to do things that, that are going to test you, you know, and they're going to, it's going to make people around you just scratch their heads. Like, what is this crazy man doing? You know? And, um, I feel the same way. I, I had a situation a year ago and I didn't feel, it's interesting because last year was, I mean, a year and a half ago, whatever, um, was when the vaccines were starting to roll out and everything. And I, I definitely felt uncomfortable, but I didn't feel the same sense of urgency that I feel right now, which is interesting because things also in all signs on the, on a, on their face here seem to have been pointing to things getting better, right? Like on, on the surface here. And I'm, I feel this very big sense of urgency that I got this, this last summer. And I, I packed up all my stuff. I put it in storage and I, um, actually I bought a Greyhound bus <laughs> and, um, that's going to be my home for the future. And, um, I just drove it out to my parents so that I could work on a few things with it this winter and spring. And I intend on being able to be mobile in the indefinite future. Um, but I don't know what God wants either. I, you know what I mean? I don't know where God's leading me. I have to figure that out. You know, I keep doing what I can. It's interesting because it's a balance because God, um, nowhere in the Bible will you ever find it say that, um, God, ask God for a plan, you know? Like, we're supposed to plan things. God modifies our plans according to his will, you know? And hopefully that we're in line with that. But we have to go out and just do things, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I feel, I don't think it's fear. I'm not scared of what, what's on the horizon, um, because I have a, a greater hope, you know? But I definitely do feel the need to start gardening, things like that, you know, prepping. Uh, my parents are kind of doing that right now. They got a freeze dryer and I just want to start being prudent and being prepared for the future um, in ways that we weren't taught in school, if that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. And, you know, there's a lot of Christians that are preppers, but there's a lot of them that talk bad about people prepping. And I always say it like this, like, I look at the, look what happened in Florida. So my wife, you know, I had a nephew that got killed in Florida and, uh, my wife went out there to, for the funeral and I was supposed to go out there. But when she went out there, she went right when the hurricane Ian was hitting and she went to Cape Coral, which was like right where the epicenter of where the hurricane was going to hit, you know, and she took my two babies out there and, uh, you know, and her family had generators and they had water. 
And just being able to have that during that time, they were able to help neighbors around them that didn't have that, that didn't have <laughs> power, that didn't have water. So I kind of like when people, when believers talk bad about people prepping and think, oh, you're doing for the end of the world. Well, no, you don't know what could happen now. You know, or do you have anything for like a month that you can help your neighbors with? You mean something, you know, we, we're so dependent on the system um, in in so many different facets and technology, especially is electricity. Uh, I mean, the water, plumbing, all these kinds of things. We don't we don't have a backup for the, for a lot of these things. And it is it's not it's not being paranoid it's being prudent it's just being wise you know i mean think about our our grandparents great grandparents you know that that went through the depression and stuff you know and that that was just normal to make sure that you kept enough on hand for the for the first foreseeable future you know um yeah uh it's uh that's something that i i definitely feel led to uh to get more into, um, I, again, it's not, it is like, it, it will put you in a position also to help others, you know? Um, and I mean, what a great way to, what a great way, as you have been telling me about, you know, you sharing the gospel with what you're doing and what a great way to, to show Christ is to help others in a time like that, you know? Right. Right. No, you know, it, it's, I think it's important, man. It's vital. If you have the means to do it, you should be able to do it. I mean, most of people in the United States have excess of, of whatever it is. You know, we, we're, we're a very blessed nation when it comes financially. I mean, even the poorest people have more money than the poorest people in third world countries. So yeah, you know, we're, we're able to, uh, if it costs for you to just, you know, turn off Netflix or, you know, uh, you know, HBO Max or Prime or something, we'll give that up for a little bit and buy some food or some water or something, you know. There's that, always there's always something that can be cut for you to be able to, uh, you know, to prepare. But, you know, most of all, we have to spiritually prepare. You know, I, I, I look at the future right now, and I believe I've come to the conclusion that we're in this time of darkness, right, and there ain't no going back. So when we talk about going back to normal, no, this is the time of, you know, of darkness right now. And this is their time and they're going to have it. And they're going to, you know, whether it be elections, I don't think that there's any elections that you're going to be able to win. I think the problem isn't elections. It has to do with, uh, you know, people repenting. If this country is truly going to change, they need to repent. They need to repent like, you know, like Nineveh repented. You mean, they, you know, and if there's no repentance like that, then we're headed down we're headed. a very bad place. Oh yeah, I mean we're there's a lot of judgment coming on on this country. I think. I mean, I don't I don't think we're exempt from seeing a lot of really horrific things go down. I think we're going to live through a lot of crazy stuff. That's 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 just my opinion. And the best thing we can do is get right with God. You know. Yeah, it's important to hear the voice of God in these times, man, because. Uh, God is going to tell you, okay, go, go right, go left. You know, I always tell people there was a time, I think, you know, about six years ago, God put in my heart to go to all these churches in Long Beach. And uh I went to like 40 different churches to get them for a night of prayer. And mind you, the way I look, I have a bald head. 
tattoos. I wore dicky shorts, white t-shirts. So I look like a gang member, right? So I'm going up to these people saying, hey, God told me to come to you and get you guys together for a night of prayer, going up to the pastors. And the pastors are looking at me like up and down and like, God told you that, you know? And I would tell them, look, man, I, I ain't nobody. I'm saying I'm just a donkey. I mean, if God can open the mouth of a donkey, he can open my mouth. So, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I don't, I'm not nobody. I'm just trying to be obedient. And, I, and a lot of people, you know, I get into not arguments, but debates about what true worship is. And I always tell people that true worship is obedience. You know, 100 percent. That is the key is being obedient. That's that's what God wants of us. Right. And that's what I tell people. That's what true worship is, is obedience. Because you go back to the garden, you go back to Adam and Eve and God, what God wanted from them was obedience. And that's what broke relationship was the disobedience and it brought death. I mean. They were already made in the image of God. You know what I'm saying? They already were, if you would say, like God-like, because they were made in the image of God. They, The only thing that they didn't know was separation and death. That's the only thing that they didn't know. And that's the mm -hmm. biggest lie that the devil gave them, thinking that they were going to miss something, but God was just trying to keep them from separation and death. You know, it's the, it's the, it's, he pulled the wool over the eyes. And I always tell people there's two types of people in this world that are going to, at the end time, that are going to fall for whatever's going on in the world. and that's those that are fooled, which fool, being fooled is deceived. So I hear a lot of people say, no, I can't be fooled and to get in the mark of the beast or I can't be. No, yes, you can. You're going to be fooled like Eve was fooled because she was fooled by her own desires, right? Desires to make mm -hmm. one wise. I'm saying seeing that it was good. So your desires could fool you. Your desires could cloud the judgment and the voice of God. And then there's a second person the person that knows but doesn't care you mean which is adam he knew he wasn't deceived he knew but he just chose to be disobedient so i believe that true worship is obedience to the lord you know not worship as in praying and no, no it's it's the obedience to god and and i always tell people that you know that i train or even at the parks you know i said you know uh Having a relationship with God is exactly that. It's a relationship. I say, say you're with a girl, right? And uh say Valentine's Day comes. And you in your heart, you're like, you know what? I'm going to buy her some flowers. I'm going to buy her a purse or some chocolates or whatever. And and I said, nobody in, nobody's telling you to do those things. That's naturally happening within yourself because you care about that person. I said, it's the same thing when you have a relationship with God. It's not about a bunch of do's and don'ts. The more that you get closer to God, the more your relationship builds. There are certain things within you, you just naturally don't want to do anymore because that's part Absolutely. of being in relationship. Dude, like this is this you are hitting on exactly what's going on. Like I cannot tell you how much the things of this world continue to just fall away, especially I would say especially since COVID hit. Um I don't, I don't know, man. I, you know, there's a, there's also like two kinds of people in the world. And I guess we all kind of fall in a little bit to each of those, but I would rather fall into one of them, uh, as a majority of, of, of myself falling into, uh, as opposed to the other, which is, uh, there are consumers and there are producers. And when you have a wealthy mentality, you produce. And when you have a poverty mentality, you consume. And when I say that, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about just wealth. Like, are you investing in your family, are you, your friendships, your community? What we're talking about this whole time, you know? 
um, that's wealth, you know. Um, time, time is wealth. Money, money can be wealth. You can do things with money that that bring you wealth. But I mean, I just feel like what you said about you know. I know I, I'm not trying to harp on anybody, but it's I don't. I just don't know if we were meant to sit here in front of a screen, consuming content, consuming shows, voyeuring. <sighs> At, at, at these like lives of people, these reality shows, like whatever it is, it is programming us. We know that. It's called the TV program, right? And I think the more we can, it turns us into these consumers and these, these materialistic individuals who think we need all these things that we just don't need. And, uh, the only thing we need is a relationship with the Lord and to be obedient to Him. Right. I, I was telling the guy I was training recently, he's a young kid, he's 23 years old. I was telling him, I said, the greatest thing that the devil does is he uses distractions. You mean? And that's oh. what he does. So everything in life, whether it be your job, whether it be a woman, whether it be kids, whether it be your bills, whether it be a house, a car, clothes, shoes, whatever it may be, those desires are, are meant to distract you. So the devil like, overloads you with that, with distractions. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to get up. You got to do this. Completely consumes your day where your day where God's not even a thought because you're so round, you know, wound up with what you have to do, what you got to get, what you got to pay. You know, your kids are acting up. You know, that's the greatest thing that the devil has is distracting. You know, how can you hear the voice of God when you have all this junk in your mind, all this going on? How can you use the quietness? That's why I like to be alone by myself. I like that's why when I drive, you know, the job that I have right now is because, you know, when I'm not training for 12 hours, I'm by myself and I'm able to think, you know, and I'm able to process of even my own emotions, even my own thoughts. You mean I'm able to process that and hear the voice of God. You know, versus if I was so busy and so much stuff was in front of me and I got to watch, you know, TVs and music and all this other stuff. It's it, it's yeah, those things. Yeah, they they're not bad in a sense where they're going to, you know, uh, they're bad, but they're bad to the point where it can pull you away from God. Whatever's taking your your focus off the Lord, you know, you get mm-hmm. consumed by those things. And that's what the devil has done in the United I, I in the rest of the world, but I'm speaking for the United States. He has, you know, he has made us, he's rocked us to sleep. That's why it's called the American dream, because most people are dreaming right now. They're asleep. You I mean, even the church. You have, you have to be asleep to believe it. Right. You know, even the church. And, and a lot of times, even when I'm in church and I, you know, I, uh, I'm like, man, you know, if only they would, you know, show, speak real things. You know, I understand they're trying to, uh, keep money and um, trying to keep the, you know, the lights on and all that. But a lot of the times you have people sitting in the church that have been sitting there for 30 years with absolutely no change, no fire, no desire to go out there and, and do anything. They're happy and they're content with what their life is. And there's no, like, that's that, that's that lukewarm mentality. That's a Laodicea. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that is, if you look at those letters that were written to all those churches and like Philadelphia and all the, all the churches, Every single church had some sort of redemptive quality except for Laodicea. Like you think about that. Like it had something, someone in the church, like whether it was just like one or two believers in the church that were true was enough to make it turn around. But when 
the entire congregation is lukewarm and they just want to hear things that will tickle their ears. You know what I mean? Um, they don't need God. We don't need God if we're, if we're lukewarm. We, we rely on ourselves for everything. And that's a problem, you know? Yeah, it is a problem, you know, and I was telling the young man that I was training because he said that he's been feeling like God has been, you know, uh, pulling out his heart to, to, you know, towards him because he was telling me all the stuff that was going on in his life, you know, and, uh, I was telling him, you know, you just, uh, you, you have to focus on your relationship. Don't look at other Christians and look at them. You need to focus on your relationship with God yourself. Don't worry about what other people are doing. You focus on what God is telling you to do. Because if you look at somebody else, you're not looking at yourself. You mean, and you need to pay attention to what you're doing versus somebody else because you don't know what's in their heart. You know, if people on the outside can look like they have everything together, right? Like they have everything together, but on the inside, they're just broken, you know, but they're hypocritical. So they put this mask on their face to show, no, everything is fine. But yet, you know, their, their family's in distress and, and, you know, and they're cheating on their wife. And then, you know what I'm saying? And they're just, it's just mm -hmm. all bad. You know, instead of them saying, you know what, I do struggle. I do have these problems. I, I and being honest with people, because being honest with people is being honest to yourself. You mean not trying to hide problems? Well, I think, I think it, I think like Lauren Hill said it really well in her MTV Unplugged. She was talking about kind of like, gotta, you gotta let out your belly, let it hang a little bit, you know, like, oh, everybody looks around. They're like, oh, you got one too. You know, like it's like, it's just be real. You know, give people reality from the door, you know, um, and be and most importantly, be real with yourself. Like you're saying, be real that like, I am not all, this is, this is not all together, you know, um, there is, uh, there's so much <laughs> you're hitting on that like is resonating with my, my current life right now. So. Yeah, it is. It, it is. Uh, like I was telling the guy at work, you know, I said, you know, I said, when I talk to people, you know, I, I never try to just, you know, be preaching like that. I said, I just be myself, man, because this is what's in my heart. This is who I am. Like, I don't, uh, so I don't have to fake it. You mean, this is just me. But I, you know, a lot of my friends that I, I grew up with and, you know, that I was in, in, in the hood with and all that, they still see they're like, man, you know, it's still you, but it's not you. You know what I mean? It's different. You're different, but it's, but it's you though, but you're different though. There's something different. You're different. You mean, but you still have, you're still the personality. You're still the same, but you're not the same. It's, it, you know, they would tell me it's hard to explain, but you know, but yeah, because I always tell people, God loves your personality. He loves variety. He's not telling you when you give your life to the Lord, all of a sudden you have to go to this Christian culture and Christian language and Christian this and that. You know, that's a Christian culture. You know what I mean? God loves who you are. He loves your personality, man. He's not asking for you to change. He's just asking for that sin to stop. You mean? And for you to, to, uh, be awakened to what, who you really are, you know? And that's all Christ is trying to do is free us from this bondage, from this sin, right? Because I always tell people, man, when I was in sin, I was like, cause you know, I, I was with a lot of women. I had babies by three different women. You know, I was able to get custody of all my kids. That's another miracle in itself. Full soul legal custody of all of my kids. It was crazy. But anyways, uh, 
I used to tell people, even the women I was with, because I was like at five with five women at one time. And I said, you know, why are you with me? It's not, you know, I, you know, I'm being with this other person. I, and I would tell them, I can't stop. I don't know what to tell you. I can't stop. Even though everything with inside of me wanted to stop. And now that I can, now that I'm saved, I understand that I was a slave, dude. I was a slave to that desire, a slave. Yeah. You know what I mean, yes, we all are slaves to certain desires. Absolutely. And you're, you're right though. Like with, you know, anything that's not growing is dead. And we're not meant to be the same. We're meant to continue to this path, this narrow path. And it's, it's individual, like you said, like it's, it's, we're not here to look around and, 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 you know, chastise our brothers and sisters because we have to focus on our walk with God. Like, where are we supposed to be? We just need to be obedient. Right. That's why, you know, when I go to the skate parks, man, you know, I never condemn, tell people they're going to hell because it's like this to a non-believer. God is not even real. So hell doesn't even matter. Doesn't even make sense to them. You tell them you're going to hell. They're like, well, I don't even believe in hell. So, so what? You mean? So it's like, you know, sin has already been judged. There's no point for me to judge a sinner. I'm just there being reminded of where I was at. I understand that I deserve death. 100%. 100%. I know that if God were to strike me dead, he would be just because that's what I deserve is death. So everything that I've been given is by God's grace, by God's love. You mean? So when I talk to these kids that are at the park, it's because I look at them and I look at myself. You know, it's not anything that I've done that God has blessed me. It's everything that he's done. It's not me yeah. all of a sudden. Oh, I'm not going to. I'm. I always tell the kids, it's not about all these works. God doesn't want a robot. God can. God. Yeah. Can, yeah he can go ahead and he can go ahead and, and you can program any robot to to, you know, uh, do what you say to do. It doesn't mean that he loves you. You know? Yeah, but grace, grace is a very interesting, um, concept because we're taught, I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to harp on church, like churches, like the modern church in the West here, but at least from my experience, we're taught in our churches this cheap concept of grace. And grace isn't just like that God gave us something. It's to, like, even if you go back to the context of, of history, like in, even in the Greco-Roman era, like grace came along with something called obedience. <laughs> it just did. Like to get that grace, you had to kind of submit yourself to the person that was being gracious to you and giving you what you didn't deserve, you know? Amen. Yeah, that's why I say that true worship, you know, like, you know, I've been in arguments with people in discussions about, you know, when it talks about worship to the beast and all that. I said, well, true worship is actually it's obedience, man. You know, that act of bowing down was an act of, of humbleness and obedience to whatever master that was in front of you. You know what I mean, that's an act of obedience. Anybody can bow down. Doesn't mean that your heart is there, but the action of you bowing down is being submissive. You know what I mean, yeah, and we. We can't serve two masters, right? So that means you too. That means we can't serve ourselves over, over God. I think that, that that's the, the other part that we don't, we don't always get. Sometimes we think, oh, we're just serving the system or serving the government or serving whatever, Satan, but, or whatever. But I guess altogether you are serving Satan if you're serving yourself, but you know, it's a, it's a spiritual battle right there. 
Right. That's that's awesome that you you got a uh you know you're you're mobilely being able you can travel anywhere and sleep wherever you want inside of that bus. Right. I seen that bus. I seen it on Instagram. And yeah. um, it's awesome, you know, that you're able to do that, man. You know, uh, God is going to use that. You know, I mean, I always tell people, I was telling the young man, I said, you know, God, I said, look, you're here for a purpose, man. You know, you're here at this time, at a time such like this for a purpose that you have a purpose to serve. God has created you with purpose, man. I, I can't tell you what your purpose is. That is something that you're going to have to ask from God to reveal to you. But you have purpose. You have a gift. God is giving you a gift that you can do that I can't do. And that gift is so needed and so vital in these days. And a lot of us try to find happiness in other things because we all know that there's things missing in our life. And we try to fulfill those things in our life to try to build happiness. But the only way you're going to truly be happy is if you're in the will of God. And I told I told this young man, I said, you know, you're about as old as my son. My my my, my oldest daughter just turned 25 yesterday. I said, you know, uh. I used to tell my kids when they were little, I said, everything that I'm teaching you right now, it's either going to be a blessing or a curse in your life. And I said, it's either going to be a blessing if you do the will of God, will of God, because you know the truth, or it's going to be a curse because you know the truth and you reject it, but you know better. So it's either going to be a blessing or a curse. But my prayer for all my kids is that at their final breath, they, they come to God and say, God, forgive me. You know, that's my hope for all my children. Not saying that my children are out there crazy, but you, you know, Adam and Eve had the best parent in the world. What did God do wrong? Nothing. And they still fell away. So at the, at, you know, in, in that note, I always put my trust in God that God, you always have a plan. Like you had a plan for Adam and Eve that Jesus was going to come, die for our sins, bring us right back into right relationship back with you. And, you know, and, and wash those sins away by his blood, his sacrifice. You know, so I, I, for all my kids and, and, you know, and all my family that have heard the word of God, you know, that's my hope. My hope is even at their last breath, they're going to confess you, Lord. So, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So thank you, Sam, for coming on, man. I just wanted to get on with you and, and uh, I've been seeing you on, on Instagram and seeing that you have a new album and what is it called? House hunting? Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So real quick. I have um I have a couple well, I have a few different bands or projects that I'm I'm involved with. Um most notably I would like to say um if if anybody wants to follow me, I have a, a project called Slave Two Servant and that's uh the number two spelled out like slave T W O servant. Um on Instagram I have slave to servant dot com. I have an album for sale that has technically not been released yet, but I have the vinyl and I'm starting to ship them out, um, around the new year this year. Um, uh, it's called Escape Babylon. And, um, that has a lot of my, like I said, like the faith piece in it. Um, but I just decided this year to try to do something else. And, um, I'm just going Sam Swanson, like just solo. So I have Sam Swanson Music on Instagram, samswansonmusic.com. I have a, a new single out. I'm I'm putting out just pop songs. I'm just trying to do my best. I mean, if you really listen to some of the little, little, uh, even on house hunting, like there's a little bit of, you know, I pour a little bit of of the way I view the world in, in into what I'm saying, you know. 
So, but I'm really just trying to make really good pop songs. I'm releasing a, my second single soon, which is a, a Christmas song that I covered. Um, that'll drop on December 2nd. And I'm just releasing singles at Sam Swanson on Spotify and all the digital platforms, uh, every four to six weeks, basically, and trying to do the best I can to, uh, go into a, a bigger direction. I don't know what that means. I don't know if God's going to use it. I, I pray that he will, you know, I'm sure he'll use it in some way, but, um, it's, it's something I guess that I'm just enjoying is to, to kind of just make really good pop music, you know? That's awesome, man. Plus that's, you know, it's a good way of, of you know, having an income too. being able, I'm pretty sure they pay you when you go and, and you go to different places and uh, perform, correct? Well, yeah, um, it's, I make a I make a good living. I, I would say being a cover artist, uh, being an original artist, is much harder to um, to figure out. But that's something that I pray that you know I pray that 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 will uh, God will help me figure that out as I go. So, Amen, Amen. So, so Sam, is there anything you want to tell the people that are listening right now? Anything that's in your heart, you know, that God's been dealing with you now? That you know, anything that you would like to speak with some, I always find out that, you know, things that are dealing, that you might be dealing with, there's a lot of things that people are dealing with the same issue. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot, I would say, I'm still dealing with a lot after this last year, I, I had envisioned that things were going to be a lot different than the way they turned out this year, um, and so I'm, I'm just kind of getting my, my mental bearings of, of the unknown of the future and um i think this is part of god kind of bringing me closer to him you know is is to uh not have the same not have all the security that i thought right like my, i had my security in you know this new relationship this woman that i was going to marry uh, i had my security in my finances I, I was doing really well this year until i got hit really hard with a lot of financial things and um I don't have a lot left but I I know that God's going to get me through this time um I think that God pulled a lot of these things away from me to draw me closer to him and to be obedient to him um but I would say this from my experience this is just me and you can you can uh you know throw throw this out if, if, if this doesn't resonate with you at all, but it's my personal recommendation from my experience that we should, I, I don't know, I, for me, quitting drinking alcohol, which I, I'm not a big drinker anyway, but just clearing my head has led me to so many, so much clearer connection to Christ and to my purpose and to um, the way that he's wired me to be intuitive to things that just pop up that, um, that he, he kind of like puts in my path, you know? And I feel very much more in tune with, with the Lord ever since I, I stopped drinking. And, um, I would recommend that even if you take a break for, like, I'm not saying anybody here that's listening is a big drinker, but just go, like, take a break for a month. Just, you know, I mean, even if you, even if you do it just occasionally, like, 
I think that taking that neurotoxin out of your brain and connecting with the Lord is, you'll, you'll notice a huge change in the way that, that you go forward with your walk and the way that you deal with people around you and, uh, finding your purpose as well. So I, I would say that, you know, I mean, that was how I kind of came into finding the bus that I found was that I felt compelled a, a year and a half ago. I just felt, man, I, I need to be sober with all this vaccine stuff rolling out. And I just feel, I just felt like I, I needed a break. And I, I did, I took a break and within a week I had this like idea that it just felt like I was connected to, to, to God or something. It was just this idea it was a planted in me. It's like, yo, you've always been a free spirit and you've always been somebody who likes to travel. And with the, I guess, state of flux that we're in, you know, and uncertainty in this world, it might be a really good idea to convert like a school bus into a home or something. And so I went down that road and started watching conversion videos. And within another week, I started looking on Facebook Marketplace. I found a school bus and I was going to buy it. I was, well, I was going to go look at it and potentially buy it, but I didn't have a place to park it. And just literally through one phone call to a friend asking about their friend's farm, if I might be able to park it there, I found out that the guy who had the farm had a, a Greyhound bus that was already converted that his brother was selling that their dad had done himself in the 80s. And it just came to me. I can't explain it. I got it for a thousand more dollars than I would have paid for a bluebird that I would have had to convert, you know? So you just never know. I don't know. You never know what God's going to put in your path. And I, I attribute that to being sober, uh, a lot of that, because I don't think, I think I would have been a little bit more distracted and doing other things and consuming my time differently if I had been in a different state of mind. Amen. Amen for that. Yeah. You know, I feel the same way, man. I was telling the young man, you know, I said, not that I have anything against drinking, you know, I, he was smoking. I said, you know, I, I just don't want to be put under the influence of anything. You know what I mean, especially in a time that we live in now. Totally. We need to be, we need to be 100% sharp, man. You know what I mean, like we have to have our mind right, you know, and I don't like to be under the influence of, you know, because it's, we live in a, a very, very dark time, you know, and, uh, we just need to have our, our, our armor on, man. You know what I mean, we need to be, uh, like they say in the streets, suited and booted. You mean, gotta have your, your boots laced up and ready to go, you know? And so, um, yeah, I feel that 100%. Everything that you just said just resonated, you know, uh, being able to not put your trust in things, not put your trust in your job, not put your trust in your home, not put your trust in your finances and just trust like the children of Israel did when they left Egypt and they were in the, in the desert. They trusted in God 100%. And that's where we need to rely on putting our trust in God. 100% because God has your best interest at heart. And yeah, you may go through some things. You may see some things, but don't worry about it because God got you, man. So with that being said, Sam, thank you, man, for coming on. Um, uh, go ahead and give out your, uh, information again so they can reach you because, you know, most people like to, most people learn with repetition. So yeah. Um, so slave to servant.com that's slave t-w-o servant.com you can follow me on instagram at slave at slave to servant that's my handle i also have another music page 
that I just started, which is just at Sam Swanson Music, which also is samswansonmusic.com. I have all my dates listed on samswansonmusic.com. Um, I'm going to be playing in Florida in January, Lord willing, um, and some other places like the Ozarks uh, this winter as well. Um, but check out slavetoservant.com slash store, and, and if you feel compelled, uh, purchase a vinyl record or a shirt or a CD or something. Um, that helps me um, right now as I'm going into a kind of a, a not, not, as, not as busy season of work myself, so I appreciate that. Um, and if at bare minimum, uh, just go on Spotify and follow Sam Swanson. I'm the only Sam Swanson on Spotify, and um, that would help me a lot. Um, with my new endeavor, uh, just to have more subscribers that are gonna be spinning my music on Spotify. That's, that's my main focus, uh, is to try to build that this year. So. Awesome, you guys. Awesome. Awesome. Seth. Thank you for coming on. Everybody, my name is Leonard Lee Boris, and this is Eyes Wide Open. Thank you, and God bless. All right. Thank you, Sam, man, for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's awesome to talk to you, man. Yeah, you know, I was also, I didn't mention this, and maybe if you, I don't know if you're going to do like an intro at the beginning or something, but um, God's Property Radio, there's literally only one place you can get the episodes still, and they're they're on our YouTube channel, which I don't even have access to. But um, fortunately, we posted those long before all this censorship, so yeah, for some reason, they're still standing, you know? So yeah, I'll put that in the description for you, man. But yeah, it was awesome talking to you, man. You know, I like I said, I've been listening to you from a long time ago. I mean, when you, well, when you start, first started doing your podcast, and you know, hearing your guys' testimonies, I mean, it was awesome, man. To 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 actually hear people that were like normal and and were honest with their lives, man, which is which is awesome. When I asked you, you know, how how has that affected you? Because I know that me learning all this information, talking to people about the Lord, it's affected me by you know, attacks from the enemy big time, you mean? Attacking my family, yeah. attacking, you know, me, and, you know, it's just ongoing, but, you know. Man, the, yeah. I feel, I feel, um, I feel like, I don't want to say, I don't want to sound like a victim, but I, as soon as I did that podcast, like, a lot of really good things happened, but a lot of really bad things happened. And I think that when we're in a position of, of being led by God, we're gonna we're gonna be placed in a lot of a lot more danger than we normally would be, and um, we have to be very vigilant. I um, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna attribute my podcast to putting me in the position that I'm in fully because I think I did a lot of things myself, and there's a lot of outside factors. But I mean, it's like when I said that, you know, the whole I don't know, like. Losing your family, losing your career, um, just when you go through things like that, and then as you keep going on this journey, it's like, like I said, like once you lose like big things, all those other things, like all these worldly things, just kind of, man, they just don't appeal to me. I don't know, I don't know how else to say it, but I feel like I'm, I'm leave, I'm gonna leave with nothing anyway, right? So. <laughs> right, exactly, man. You know, I I always tell my family, like, you know, all this stuff, just, just be, you know, if you're a believer in the times that we live in now, just be, be, be prepared to lose it all and don't be connected to it. You know, don't have your heart connected to your things. Don't have your heart connected to your home. 
don't have your heart connected to your bank account. You mean don't put that as your trust, you know, as as being that's going to take care of you because it's God that, who's going to take care of you, not your own hands. It's the Lord's hands, you know, and we just have to be obedient on listening to the voice of God and moving left, moving right, going straight, you know, when he tells you to go. You know, I always t- I always tell people it's like the way I, I look at it is like having a bandana wrapped around my eyes and I can't see anything. And I'm just listening to the voice of God. He's telling me, OK, take two steps forward, take two steps to the right, keep going. And if I were to take off that blindfold, I'd probably be at the edge of a cliff, you know. So yeah. and it's and, and, you know, I always say I'm one bad decision away from destruction, man. One bad decision away from destroying my whole life. True, man. You know. I gotta tell you, man, like, I am, man, I, I met, I met this gal through, um, uh, so Canary Cry, like, one of the listeners created this True Their Dating website. And I was, it was, it was over a year ago. It was probably like September, late September. And I was, I had been kind of putting myself out there. I took like four years to like really even try to date, you know? And I went on some dates, but every gal that I went out with was like new age or, you know, just like it was, it just wasn't, I, I couldn't find a believer. And then one that wasn't open to at least seeing some of the way I, I view the world from this, this lens, you know, and I thought to myself, well, this, I've never done a dating website and I never had planned on it, but I was like, well, if it's, if it's going to kind of weed out all those things, like maybe this would be a really good thing, you know? And, um, I went on it and I, I got a match pretty like two days into it and we just hit it off. Uh, we got to know each other through the phone, then met a year ago, you know, and, um, we saw each other a number of times. Like it, it seemed like a dream come true, you know, and, uh, oh, I'm like, I'm still dealing with it. I, but I, I had to. I had to call it off. It was the hardest thing to let go, but it's it was like it was like who are you going to choose? You're going to choose her or me? And um that is I think if I could do that this year, I found out I could probably do anything because I did not want to let that go. You know. So, I think it was hard and and I'm, I'm still, like I said, man, I'm, I'm just still dealing with it. And I think it's going to be a while till I'm, I can't imagine like giving myself to another woman right now, but like, because I went all in on that, you know, I, I mean, she knew things about me that she knows things about me that no, no one, no one does. You know what I mean? Like it was so deep compared to anything that I'd ever been in. And I know that that's like a psychological state too, that, that in time will fade. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was like also it was it was like yeah we're in this crazy time and I finally found somebody that like sees eye to eye you know and it's like that's something I want too it's like I don't know I don't know if I could I don't know if I could unsee it now you know what I mean like that kind of a scenario like I I need to like if if God has a woman for me eventually like it I feel like I have we have to be see eye to eye on this stuff you know it just can't it can't be the other way you know Right. You got to be equally yoked. You got to be equally yoked and you got to be, you also got to be all in on each other and all in on Christ first. Right. You know, right. and that's, that's, that's the nature of it, man. Hey, do you know, um, I don't want to keep you, but, um, 
do you know, uh, do you, do you, do you like study like a little bit about the Hebraic at all or like the, the feasts and stuff like that at all? Yeah, I've been studying about a little bit about it. You know, I have a, a friend that goes to the church. They're really big into that. You I mean, they're not Hebrew roots, but they're really into the feast. Yeah. Um, I found it interesting. And so this year ends the Shemitah, like the seven year cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Well, going into 2023, 2023 is, is a year of Jubilee, you know, every 50 years. Right. And it's the 50th Jubilee since the destruction of the temple. And I'm not saying that that is, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to claim any sort of prophetic statement of anything to come, but I feel this urgency in me this year and I can't help but feel like there is something really big on the horizon and that God is really trying to reach out to people and really trying to connect with, with his body, you know? Right. No, no, there is something big, man. I did a, a podcast the other, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago about, you know, the American dream dreams are for those who sleep. And it's just like, you know, in this country, we think, we're going to be judged, man. You mean? And, uh, the only way out of, uh, any type of bad situation is true repentance, man. We have to come to a true repentance and, uh, we stop, do, you know, I mean, that's it, you know, uh, or else, you know, we're going to be destroyed, you know, and, but God will take care of his remnant, you know, through that. But there is going to be judgment that you can't expect that, you know, that the United States is going to go through anything when, you know, I have really good friends that are Coptic Christians that are from Egypt and from Ethiopia. And the ones that are from Egypt, a lot of my friends tell me, you know, they've had family members died for the cause of Christ. You know, mm-hmm. their heads chopped off, acid thrown in their face, bombs, you know, being exploded in their churches. You mean all this happening for the cause of Christ. But yet we believe here in America that that ain't going to happen to us because we're so arrogant into saying, no, we're, we're a special people. And yeah. I just believe that everybody's card is going to get pulled and, and through, and through struggle, you really see where people's hearts are truly at yeah i didn't i also didn't say this on air i i I moved out of my apartment like the night that i took the bus to arkansas you know and i can't i can't tell you like as soon as it was maybe a couple weeks or three weeks before the relationship with that woman ended with me um i i just had that calling like i was like i gotta get out of here it's like, yo, I'm about to go disciple on this, you know, <laughs> you know, like I'm about to like live, live like a gypsy, you know, and, and there is not really anything to be certain, you know, of. And, um, I, I'm not, again, I'm not, it's like what you said about when you felt that urgency. It's like, man, Leonard, like I don't have, there's no logical reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, I don't know why I just moved out of my apartment. I don't know why I feel compelled to live in a bus. I don't know. I I just don't know what's going to happen or why, but I just know that I'm supposed to do it. Right. You know, and and that's the thing about trusting in the Lord. You see, God will never give you. He's not going to say, okay, Sam, you're going to do A, B, and C. No, he just says, okay, I, I need you to do A. And I'm not telling you which way A is. You just have to start walking and then I'll tell you, okay, there it is. And, uh, a lot of the times we're, once we make that decision, I'm like, okay, God, uh, I made that decision. Now what? 
and a lot of times God is just quiet. He's quiet until he's not. And a lot of times it's waiting on the Lord and, and having that discernment when you know that it's God's voice and when to move. And so it's, it's man, so vital, man. Man, I got to tell you, like the other part of the other piece of the puzzle is, is that my ex, she still works with, for my uncle, like at a different campground that they bought together. And she owns 70% with her husband of this campground. And, um, they're in court right now and I don't think she's going to win. I think that he's going to end up with that campground and I think it's going to happen like before next season. You know, I, that's the, that's the other thing. Like I, I'm, I'm actually praying. I'm actually going to the Lord in prayer, petitioning that we get released out of this state, you know, cause that's the only thing that's holding me here is, is, is her and her job. You know, I'll, I'll go wherever I, I need to go. But I just don't, I feel like this state right now is just not where I'm supposed to be, you know? No, man, that's how I felt about California, especially Los Angeles, man. I just oh. felt like the Lord was just like, it's time to go, you know, and, and a lot of people in Arizona, like, they're like, oh man, what about, you know, California, Los Angeles is so beautiful. I said, yeah, you know, it is beautiful. It is. You know, the food is great. There's culture there, you know, but. You know, that's, it's just changed 100%, man, you know, and uh, where, the where world is changing. Right now. I'm in Arizona in a city called Maricopa. It's about like, I don't know, about 30, 40 minutes away from Phoenix. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know that, that area. I have a friend who's a tattoo artist out there in Phoenix that I go to sometimes. Um, yeah, that's cool. Well, now I know, hey, if, I, if I'm going to drive my bus through. Oh, yeah, man. Most definitely. Hit me up, bro. Cool. So. Let's keep in contact, man. Let me know what God is doing in your, in your heart and, and what, you know, if God has placed a message in your heart. You know, like yeah. I said, I'm, you know, I just right now, I recently for my business just got the uh, federal mark on it, trademark just got, you know, uh, approved. So going to be doing a lot more with the company. The reason why I built the company was so that I can not ask for any type of tithes or anything from people that I wanted the company to self you know, be self-sufficient so I can continue to give out free stuff to the kids at the skate parks, man, and, and, <laughs> pat, and, and preach the gospel, you know, and it's crazy because a lot of kids will look at me and they don't even think they're like, okay, is this guy going to rob us or what? <laughs> you know, because the way I look. <laughs> so, you know, but so when I start talking to them and I tell them, you know, Hey man, let me, t I go, our company is called death wages. And the reason why we're called death, because, you know, death wages is because the wages of sin is death. Yeah. And I always tell the kids like, you know, some of us here, you know, are going to die twice. And some of us here are only going to die once, you know, and they're like, well, what do you mean by that? And I begin to tell them, you know, some, we all, all of us, as soon as we were start, as soon as we were born, we begin to decay to the point of death. But mm -hmm. some of our soul, you know, is going to be destroyed too. I go, some of us are, are not. And some of us are, I said, you know, I, I go, let me tell you about truth. And I can only tell you what I know as truth. Because I can't say that it's true for you because I've had friends that were 14 years old when I was gangbanging, 12 years old that had gotten killed, shot in the head for that gang lifestyle. They died in their truth. That was their truth. And I say, some of you will die in your truth. You'll die. Doesn't mean that it's the truth, but for you to the point of death, it will be, you know? So I go, let me explain to you what I know as truth. And what I know as truth is Jesus Christ. And I begin to tell him, you know, if God, this is what, this is what God is saying, right? God is saying he sent his son, his only son to die for our sins, to bring us back into right relationship with God. He, he sacrificed his only begotten son for us. You know, God came in the flesh and died for us, you know, so to, to redeem us back to right relationship with the father. 
I said, you know, God is claiming that he created the heavens, the earth, the moon, the stars, everything that you see on this earth, right? This is what the Bible is saying, right? I go, if it is true, right, why don't you just ask God if he's real yourself? You don't need to go to a pastor, a priest, your mom, your dad, anybody. Why don't you just ask God yourself? I said, the reason why I say that is because at, at one time in my life, I, I cried out to God because either there was going to be one or three things that were going to happen to me. I was either going to get shot, get killed, end up in prison for the rest of my life, or end up with AIDS. That was it. Those three things. And I said, God, if you are who you say you are, then I need you to change my life. God, Jesus, if you came to die for my sins, I said I was by myself yelling and screaming from the top of my lungs. I said, if you ask with a heart really wanting to know, God will answer you. I said, you can't ask with a heart of foolishness. You can't say, hey, God, I'm broke, so if I find $100 on the floor, then I know you're God. Or, hey, God, man, I see that chick over there. She's fine, man. You give me a chance to get at her, then I know you're God. I said, no, that's foolishness. I said, when you come to God, you come to, to God when you're at a point where you don't trust anybody. You don't even trust your own self. That's the point where you cry out to God, God, Jesus, if you are who you say you are, then I need you. I said, if you do that with a sincere heart, God will answer to answer you. And I'm not going to say there's going to be a big old bright light coming down from heaven saying, son, here I am. That's not the way it works. But if you cry yeah. out to God, there will be a true change in your heart. And that's what I encourage the kids to do. Just ask for yourself. Well, do we got to either humble ourselves or be humbled, you know, and, and that's that's the way this is. I mean, the world's about to get humbled harder than ever. Right. I mean, we are, we don't even, oh man, I, I'm waiting to see how this whole vaccine thing is going to pan out too. Like, I mean, I don't think, so did you hear about New York City about like, was it three, four weeks ago about that, that ruling in New York City? No. What was the ruling? So, there were some sanitization uh, workers and they lost their jobs because they didn't get the vaccine um, like a year ago. And they filed a, a lawsuit and sued, were opting to sue the, the, the city, right? And the court ruled on record in their favor that they were to get back pay for the entire time that they were unemployed and that it would it would it also went against their constitu constitutional rights and that um also on record it was stated that the covid vaccines do not prevent transmission and all of all the things we know you know was all in a court of law right in new york state or new york city and on its face, I saw, I saw Mav post it. I saw a bunch of people talk about it in the truther realm. I didn't see anybody talking about it that wasn't like on our team, right? Um, I didn't see the news really talking about it. But when I, when I saw that go down, I was thinking to myself, okay, if this is true and if these guys receive their back pay, and this all works out in their favor. Imagine the rest of New York City following suit like that and suing all those companies that let them go and what that would do to break the financial back of New York City. Like the private sector would be leveled out because like they, they, they listened to the government, right? They were following guidelines. 
And so now you're telling me that the thing that you said that was true is now able to get me screwed over. And basically, all these people are going to probably lose their businesses. Can't nobody like pay <laughs> all these people back pay, right? Um, anyway, that being said, I was listening to one of my survival podcasts like a week later or a week and a half later after the ordeal. And I, I found out that the city, um, is that what was the word? They're appealing it. So right now it's, it's still in a, it's not solidified. Even though in a court of law they won, the city is going against them still and, and trying to, they're probably going to try to pay them off. You know? Yeah, that would bankrupt a lot of people though, man. It would bankrupt a lot of people, but it, even though it's the right thing, right? right. It's the, the right thing is that all these people that lost their jobs, but the, I don't know, man. I don't think that they can go against. It's interesting because even the gal that I was engaged to, she works for the Navy and you know how like the armed forces and the medical establishment, like you can't, like it's not negotiable, you know? Right. And so she has an EEO complaint, her and a bunch of people that work for the Navy. And it still hasn't been decided yet, but I'm just wondering what's going to happen because they kind of have to make an example of, of if, if it's a government thing, I'm just, I'm just wondering, man, like what's going to happen? That's, 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 that's a big question mark in my head is, are they going to fully go all the way with it? And are, are these people going to be faced with losing their jobs too? You know, um, I don't know. I don't know about you. I don't know if you're curious about this whole situation, but man, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what happens with the vaccine in the kind of near present, near future. And then in the long game, I'm really curious to see what happens with the health of, of, of people. And, uh, it looks, it doesn't look very good. No, it doesn't. The vaccine is a trip, man. Cause you know, I, my last two kids, my daughter was born in 2017. My son was born in 2019. I, I didn't vaccinate none of them. And so yeah. uh, my older kids, I did. I didn't, that's when I was in the world. I didn't know anything about vaccines, but yeah. uh, I would always argue in California. I was always arguing with the, uh, the doctor. She's like always trying to vac vaccinate my kids. So I started getting into it with her. So every time she would see me, she would be like, oh, you want to get a vaccine? I said, no, nah, you know, and I would tell her, you're a Christian, man. How how could you in, endorse something like that? Right. You don't even know that even if it can, even if it doesn't ha cause harm to everybody, just a little bit that it does. How can you be OK with that? You know, as a Christian, how can you uh, say that that's OK? So every time she would see me, she wouldn't even say it no more. And she would just every now and then she would say with a smile like she was joking. But she would always try to get my wife to get there by herself with the baby. Yeah. yeah. Savage, dude. Right. Right. So then, you know, and then so then when 2020 hit, you know, I mean, I'm like, I'm nah, I'm good, man. California, way out, dude. Way out. They, there is no religious exemptions there, you know, and for your children to go to school. You know what I'm saying? They're just they're just all they're right now. They're trying to be able to pass a law where you can, you know, your baby, if it dies within 28 days of being born they're not going to investigate it yeah dude it's oh yeah i don't know man it's when i we, don't know when we live in a world where people actually absolutely, absolutely go nuts because they can't kill babies we're in big trouble dude oh yeah i mean it's 
I don't know, man. I feel like in the next few months, uh, I think we're, I think something big is going to happen. That's just the, the way that I feel. Well, I don't, yeah, I tell the people that at that at work all the time. I, I think, I think, I think I'd be surprised if something, if we don't see like a huge collapse of some sort on a big, big scale before next summer, you know? Well, it has to. Something has to happen because all the lies are going to be revealed. So there has to be something that takes people's, you know, uh, their eyes off the lie that was being told to them. You know I mean, and through fear and through disaster, through being taken care of, people will do anything, dude. They'll do anything to be taken care of. I told a guy at work, I said, isn't it weird how the devil, how the enemy has made like, you know, uh, this, the society that we live in where we go to grocery stores and we buy our food and then, you know what I'm saying? Our water comes out of the tap and then we have heat, air conditioning. And I go, nobody knows how to, you know, to kill an animal and, and, and dress it and all that. You mean, nobody knows how to do that anymore. I said, when I went to Mexico when I was 11 years old, man, first time I ever seen an animal getting killed, my grandma stuck a knife right through the back of its neck, through its throat. It was a goat. Hooked, threw it on top of a hook, cut it right down the middle, took out all the organs inside, peeled the skin off, threw the skin on top of the roof and they ate everything of that goat, man. <laughs> I've never seen that here. I always thought, you know, I know that they come from animals, but at 11 years old, being thrust into a place like that, I said, nobody knows how to do that anymore. Nobody knows how to grow food. Nobody knows how to even filter water. I said, imagine if everything were to go out, people would die from within three days from drinking water out of a, you know, lake and or not knowing how to filter water. People would die. Yeah. No, I mean, I, there's so much like what you're saying. I've never done some of these things, you know, like it's, it's, that's where I want to be. Like I, I just want to, I want to, I want to like train myself to know how to do all these things. Like that's where I'm at. I don't even care. Like, yes, I want to do the things that I do. Like I want to be creative. I want to, but ultimately like it's way more important to me right now to be self-sustaining, you know? Right. I mean, we lost that it, not even that long ago. What, like 125 years ago? You mean 100, you know, not even that long were people living, they were self-sufficient. You mean before all this technology and all this laziness kicked in, you know, and, and rocked us to sleep, you know, I, I, there's so much that we have lost and, you know, and looking at the generation after generation coming up, it's like, man, it's scary, man. It's scary looking at the people talking to these kids and even the, their parents. It's just, yeah, we're in for a big, big awakening. And I always, I, and in my last podcast, I said some people are going to wake up in anger and some people are going to wake up in repentance, but we're all going to wake up though. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, there's going to be a, a definite like turning. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be in a city at this point. No, no, no. That's why where I live, it's like, you know, from the closest city to me in Maricopa. I mean, it's that, it's not that far. It's about 20 minutes away from Chandler from where yeah. I'm at. Yeah. So about 40 minutes away from, uh, Phoenix. But yeah, I, 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 like I drive, I, I work for Circle K delivering gas for Circle K and I'm always in the streets seeing all the people that are just like, you know, I mean, off fentanyl and like, they're like zombies, dude, like zombies. Like one day I was driving, it was like 5:30 in the afternoon and there was this guy just laying on the floor. It was like 110 degrees outside. He was laying on the floor, like with his hands, like in a T shape. You know I mean like in a cross? And as I was driving, I'm like, man, that, man, that guy must be high because he's on the blacktop. It's like 110 degrees outside, and he has a tank top and some shorts on. 
As I was mm-hmm. driving closer, I seen a big giant halo of blood around his head. Somebody had oh my God. blew his brains out, right? And nobody was around him. Nobody. People were walking across the street like nothing, dude. Like nothing. And oh so I, I just the remember I just remember that that verse. You mean at, at you know at, towards the end, you know, people's love is gonna wax cold. You mm-hmm. know, and and that's it. You can have somebody completely dead on the ground and nobody around them. Nobody. And people are walking across the street, continue on with their day. It's insane, man. Yeah, so, yeah, I definitely don't want to be in a major city when it goes down because, you know, I've been on that criminal side and I know how they think and I know how they work. You know, they're they're dirty, man. You mean? Yeah. They will get what you have. And especially in L.A., you ain't got no gun. They, they got guns, so they will mm-hmm. kick in your door. You know, people have been... People have been uh, insulting the South for years, but all these people, not all these people, but a lot of people, all these rednecks that people make fun of, like, they're prepared, you know? And um, there's something to be said about that, you know? Right. All right, Sam, man, it was good talking to you, brother, man. Let's keep in touch, man. I would love to hear what's going on. You know, I, I would love to find out when the Lord tells you, all right, Sam, take a left. Yeah, you know? exactly. Me too. Me too. I'm waiting, man. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just, uh, I got to get through these three weeks in New York and then I'm, I'm not going to be here till April, till mid April. But honestly, if I hope I don't come back, I really, that's what I'm praying that I just don't even come back. Right. And if we ever, if we ever do go to war, LA and New York be the first places to get attacked. So yeah. And I'm not in the city though. I'm far away from the city. I'm like five hours, four, four and a half hours from the city. Right. So I'm I'm in a safer area for sure, but it's New York. Right. It is like big gov. It doesn't matter. It's like you're in California. You know what I mean? It's right. like it's it's ridiculous. You don't want to be in either of these states. So no, you don't. So oh, awesome, man. You know, I I know I know Chuck too from Fire Theft Radio. I interviewed him before when uh he came on the Fringe Radio Network. So yeah, yeah, yeah he's cool people, man. I try to get a, you know, when I was in LA, I was trying to get a hold of them, meet together, go to the skate parks together and pass out, you know, shirts, but it never worked out. But yeah, he was really busy at that time. I, our, our days off were different at that time. It's interesting. He's like stuck there. He's stuck in Cali. Um, and he, he actually feels like called us kind of stay there at this point. And I'm like, all right, well, if that's your calling. You know, but I'm like, I'm, I can't relate to, to that. Either, me either, man. You know, I but, took all my kids and I was gone. <laughs> that was it. I was yeah, like, Lord, you, you know, it, it, you know, it, it's scary, man, because you're leaving, you know, I had bought a home in 2012 there and I bought a house out here, you know, but it was still hard to get out here and God opened that door. It's crazy how, how, you know, if you're obedient to what the Lord has you to do, God will do awesome things in your life, dude. And it's not money. It's just, in all things, all things. So yeah, hundred percent, dude. Yeah. So it's going to be a trip to see what happens. I I feel the same way. I told my wife in the beginning of the year. I just feel like something's going to happen, whether it's going to be an internet crash, whether it be a financial crash, whether or we go to war, the, uh, or we go to war. You mean or all of them, all of the above at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. So hundred, dude. Perfect, brother, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate your time. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. I'm, 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 it's a trip. It's a trip and it's, 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 um, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's, it's encouraging to see that, that actually somebody listened to my old podcast and that it, 
it, it was some sort of benefit to someone, you know? So. Oh, yeah. It definitely, it definitely was, man. You know, I mean, when you guys came out with that, you know, that album for, you know, with all those different songs, I definitely got it. And it was encouraging to hear all that too and bump that. So, yeah. Good stuff, man. You know, just, uh, don't be discouraged. You know, I, I always say, like, when I'm passing out shirts, a lot of pastors be like, well, why are you passing that out? And you should have them come to a church and all that. And, and, you know, a lot of discouragement would happen. And, and then out of nowhere, uh, some guy that I'm working with that I gave a shirt to, he's like in a grocery store somewhere in LA. And the woman that's, uh, you know, bagging up his stuff's like, Hey, are you the owner of that company? He's like, no, why? She's like, oh, because my son came home with that shirt. And he was like, mom, we need to go to church. You know, and it was just weird how that happened. Right. So he happened to be I happened to give him a shirt. And he's happened to go to a grocery store. You mean in Monrovia and uh, some woman is saying that her son came home with that shirt and was wanting to go to church, wanting to know about God. Mm-hmm. And it, at that time, it was a time where the pastors would tell me, oh, no, you can't do that. And it's a skeleton on that. And you mean and you can't because, you know, the company logo is a skeleton, but it's made out of the company name. So it it's a skull that says death at the top of the forehead and wages are made in the face. And mm-hmm. I tell them, you know, that's the, that's what it means. Death, death wages, because wages of sin is death. That's why it's a skull. And, you know, I, I got a lot of flack from that from people. But. God just showed me, like, you know, just continue to do what you're doing. You mean, don't worry about the rest. No, don't worry about the rest. Um, real quick, like, uh, do you, uh, do you have any, uh, any advice for me, like, with what I'm going through? I mean, with my situation, just, uh, encouragement or anything that you feel like I could do to maybe, I, I don't know, speed up my process of, like, healing on this one. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I mean, like everything in this, this society that we live in, we all want things to happen quickly. But in reality, things take time. And my thing is to be patient with what's going on in your life. Be patient and be faithful. You know what I'm saying? Be faithful yeah. because temptation will come, dude. I'm telling you right now, especially at these times, those things that you, you struggle with, the, the enemy is going to be 100% on that. I always, tell, I always tell people, I say, look, man, all your thoughts that you have, are not all yours, man. So there's times that you can just be sitting there. You have this crazy thought. You weren't even trying to think about it. It just happens in your mind because those are fiery darts that the enemy comes. And since God made us as creators, we grab those things and we start to compound and create on top of that, making scenarios on it. So just be careful what thoughts come in your mind. Keep your mind guarded. Uh, keep your emotions guarded. You know what I'm saying? Because it's very, yeah. sometimes we get lonely. Sometimes we get depressed. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, and, and those that's, times, right. that's, and that's those, where I'm at, bro. Right. I'm like lonely and depressed right now. Right, it's like, right. And in those lonely times of depression and loneliness, that's when the enemy comes in. And because we're at a vulnerable part. So those are the times to keep your guard up, man. And remember, everything is a choice. You know what I'm saying? It's a choice. Yeah. So it, nobody can make you do anything. You know what I'm saying? I always tell people, I don't need anybody to tempt me. I just, I tempt my own self, my, my own mind. So, you know, I, I don't need people to tell me. I, I end up doing it myself. So just be careful on that, on allowing, you know yourself better than anybody else. So you know what triggers you and uh can lead you down a path that you don't want to go. So just stay strong in that. And, and in those times of need, cry out to the Lord. You might have to cry out like a hundred times in one day. You might have to scream out to the Lord a hundred times in one day the same prayer. You know what I mean? 
But, you know, and at the end of the night, your mind might be just feel tired and worn out because you've been struggling all day. But it's you have to you have to do it, man. This is that's that's a part of being a, a soldier and uh, in a person in God's army. I mean, is that you're going to get attacked. Why? Because you have influence. Why? Because the devil knows that you're the type of person that if God puts something in your heart, you're going to give 110 to it. And so you are, you, you know, you're you. You're an enemy, man. So you have to keep your emotions in check. It's easy. It's it's easy for me to tell you that, but it's so yeah. hard to do, dude. Oh, yeah. it is, man. It's it's hard. It's especially being kind of an emotional person, you know. Like for a dude, like I'm a I'm a right right brainer, you know. It's like a creative, you know. Right. So so just stay focused, man, and uh, reach out to people when you're in need, and and add, don't be don't hesitate to ask people for prayer. You know, that was a biggest thing for me. I was always a private person and didn't really, you know, like tell, I felt like I was bothering people to ask them to pray for me, but not knowing that God is that, that's what they're there for, man. You know, like, yeah. hey, hey, brother, I'm struggling, man. You know, just pray for me right now. And then, you know, and, and it, that works. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. d don't be afraid to reach out, man, you know, because God will, you know, he will help you. Let me pray for you right now, if you don't mind. All right. I would love that, man. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I just lift up Sam to you right now, who is your son, Lord God. You know the struggles that he has within his mind, within his heart, Lord God. You created him. You knit him when he was in his mother's womb, Lord. You know him in and out, Lord God. You search the hearts and minds of men, Lord. You know his heart. You know his mind, Lord God. I just pray that you give him peace, Lord God, through the times that he is in depression, Lord God. That you give him, that you give him comfort, Lord God, the times that he feels lonely, Lord God. I just pray that your Holy Spirit, Lord God, will reveal your will for his life, Lord God, when he seems to be lost and not sure what to do, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you give him a word, Lord God. Maybe it's a word just to be still at that moment to hear your voice, Lord God. Just I pray that no matter what he goes through, Lord God, that you give him discernment, Lord God. You give him the strength to be able to see it through, Lord God. You give him the ability to stand up for righteousness, Lord God. And you give him the ability, Lord God, just to just to be obedient to you, Lord, and to love those that are around him. And when he's struggling, Lord God, give him strength, Lord God, because it is you. It's nothing that we can do, Lord. It's all by you, Lord God, because given up to ourselves, we will fail. But with you, Lord God, we can do all things, all things, Lord God, because you are the one who strengthens us. So I pray that you strengthen my brother, Lord God. I pray that you continue to give him vision, Lord God. In Jesus' name, Lord, protect him. Protect his children, Lord God. Give his children vision, Lord God. Protect his ex-wife, Lord God. Give her vision, Lord God. Speak to her heart, Lord God. Help her to make the right decisions in her life, Lord God. Strengthen her, Lord God, so that she can strengthen those children, Lord God. Bring them all back, Lord God. Bring them back to who you are. Let them remember, Lord God, that you are God. You are God. Take all fear from their life, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Leonard. I appreciate that so much, man. This is a very good, good conversation. And thank you for the prayer. That was very helpful. Thank you. Oh, no problem, brother, man. Take care, man. God bless, brother. You too, brother. All right. Bye. Bye.
And you know, I don't know any other name tonight under the heavens whereby men can be saved other than the name of Jesus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.